The Productive Woman, Episode 334. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome back if you listened before and welcome if you're new. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, we are talking about creating a meaningfully productive weekly schedule. You'll find more information and links to some resources I mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 334. So schedules. Often we start a new year with a vision for what we want to accomplish in the year. But as day-to-day life goes on, we can lose sight of that vision. And if you're frustrated by the feeling that weeks go by with no progress on the things that matter to you, or you don't seem to have enough time in a week to get the things done that you need and want to do, Creating a schedule can help. And this is something I've been thinking about just as we've, you know, we're, we're coming up on the end of the first two months already of this year. So I thought we would talk about creating a schedule, what that means, how it works and how it can help. So what is a schedule? When you look it up in the dictionary, the noun schedule is defined as a plan for carrying out a process or procedure, giving lists of intended events and times. But schedule can also be a verb, an action you take. And as a verb, it's defined as arrange or plan an event to take place at a particular time. And this is something we can do with our lives. We can create a schedule, a plan for carrying out the tasks and and projects that we need to do throughout the week, giving lists of intended events and times. We can also take the action of scheduling the things that are important to us, arrange or plan for them to take place at a particular time. Well, why would that matter? Why would we need a schedule? Why would we need to schedule the tasks and things that we do? There are a number of benefits that can come from having a schedule, from scheduling the things that are important to us. First of all, if you have a regular schedule, predictability can reduce anxiety and stress in our life because we know what's going to happen when we can let go of stress over the things that we're not doing at any given moment, because we know we have allocated time for it on another day or at another time. And so that predictability can help. In addition, routines which a schedule can create and habits, which can result from that, use less mental energy, which we can then use for creative thinking and problem solving. So having a schedule, having a plan for the week, that's all we're talking about here. A a schedule is a plan for what's going to happen when. Doing things regularly at reasonable planned intervals can prevent things from piling up into an intimidatingly big project. So whether it's house cleaning projects or paperwork for our business or for our job, any of those sorts of things. If we have scheduled regular times to pay attention to them, they're not ever going to grow into this big unmanageable project that wears us out just thinking about it. So having those things scheduled can help with that. 
If things are falling through the cracks, things that are important or things that uh, are urgent, whatever they are, if the things that you need and want to do, whether at home or at work, are falling through the cracks because you just don't remember to do them, uh, there are things that, for instance, in running a household, things that need to happen at periodically that are important, but maybe don't feel so urgent. And if we don't have them scheduled, they simply get overlooked or, or pushed aside for other more urgent things. And if that's the case in your life, if there are things that are falling through the cracks, whether at home or personally or professionally, a schedule could help avoid that, making sure that everything gets taken care of in an orderly fashion. And again, that goes back to reducing that anxiety and stress and the mental um, overhead of trying to remember, oh, I need to do this thing. If we have it scheduled, if we have a plan, we don't have to take any energy to remember it and we don't have to spend any time worrying that it'll get overlooked. And finally, if one week after another goes by with no progress on your most important projects or your most treasured goals, having a schedule that, that includes time to work on those things can, can stop that passage of time with no progress. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot. There are certain things that are important to me, things I want to accomplish. Nobody requires them of me, but they are things I want to make some progress on. And yet I get to, you know, Sunday when I look back over my week and I think, how did another seven days go by? And I didn't make progress on that. Creating a schedule and following that schedule can help make sure that doesn't happen. And so there, those are just some of the reasons why I think creating a weekly schedule can help us get things done, help us live in a more sort of peaceful and productive way uh, without wasting time and energy worrying about things that don't get done or feeling bad about the things that didn't get done. So I thought I would share just a few tips for creating a schedule that works for you. And these are things that I'm putting into practice in my own life to try to make sure that I accomplish certain things that I have uh, in mind to accomplish. So the number one tip I would say is to write it down. Some of us have a schedule in our mind for kind of what's going to happen when, whether it's at home, when, when's the laundry going to get done or when am I going to do my grocery shopping? When are, you know, when are the filters going to be changed on the, on the furnace or whatever those things might be, or we may have a, a schedule in our head for certain things that have to happen each week in our business or at our job. But even if we have that schedule in our mind, and even if it's working for us, there is still value in seeing it on paper, putting it down into a form that you can look at objectively and think about each element of it. And it, does this reflect all the things that are important to me whether because I have to do them, you know, I need to do them for my job or because they are things that I want to do is everything that's important to me reflected here. And how do I feel about the balance of time that is allocated to each? Sometimes when we write it out, when we put it out on paper, we realize, you know, I'm spending way more time on this thing here than I actually really want to. And what can I do to adjust that? So, you know, undertaking the exercise of putting a schedule on paper can make a difference in how productive we feel because we become aware 
of what we're doing or what we want to be doing. And we can then be intentional about creating a schedule that actually works for us. So writing it down is extremely important, especially if you're in one of those categories, as many of us are of things that need to get done, falling through the cracks, or we just spend too much time, you know, as we're falling asleep at night thinking, oh, when am I going to get this thing done? Uh, Having a schedule, getting it written down and posting it where we can see it can make a big difference. Second thing I would say is to make sure you schedule time for your priority projects, whether it's work or home projects or personal projects, instead of fitting them in around the day to day, or, you know, hoping that you'll make time at some point to get it done, try scheduling time for these things first, even if it's only small amounts of time. As you know, if you've listened for very long, I have a full-time legal practice and that doesn't leave a lot of time during the week for me to spend on certain other projects that I want to work on or certain goals that I have in mind, but I can schedule some time. And again, the, the benefit of putting this on paper, what are the work hours that I'm going to allocate and where, where can I find time, make time, carve out time for these projects that are important to me? Part of that process though, of, of making time should be again, awareness of your own prime time. When are you likely to have the most energy? When are you going to find it easiest to focus? And can you set aside and then protect time during those windows for the work that really needs your attention and your energy? Again, instead of fitting them in around whatever else is going on, start with carving out time for those projects that are most important to you. I would say also, uh, build in white space. This is something I think a lot of us have trouble with. We schedule back to back appointments and calls and meetings and projects and work times with no white space in our calendar. Uh, I was reading about the concept of white space. And I read one article that was really good uh, where she said in design, white space is negative space. It's not blank space because it has a purpose. It is balancing the rest of the design, but by throwing what is on the page or the screen into relief, the white space helps focus your visual attention. And I will put a link to this article. It's, it's an article called why you need white space in your daily routine. Really, really good stuff in there. And I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. So she's talking about, she starts by talking about white space in design. And her article then goes on to discuss how white space in our schedule serves the same purpose. She says, if we want to create an environment that nourishes innovation and imagination, we need to build quiet counterpoints into our daily rhythm. These small amounts of white space where we have time to pause and reflect or go for a walk or just breathe deeply for a few moments are what give balance and flow and comprehension to our lives as a larger whole. So it's really important to consider this as we create our schedule for the week. 
And it's also important to recognize that white space isn't time to process emails or plan or watch TV. It's time where you're not committed to doing anything in particular, and you can give your brain time to sort of process and just, you know, give yourself time to breathe. In this same article, she suggests some good uses of white space. If we're not going to use, if we're defining white space in such a way as it's not time for, uh, you know, processing our emails or scrolling through social media or watching TV or planning for the rest of the day or the rest of the week, what should we be using white space for. And she suggests some really good uses. She talks about, and I'm, you know, this is part of the list in her, in her article, sitting quietly and letting your mind wander, uh, free drawing with no specific objective, going for a walk around the block, not with anything in mind, but just getting out and going for a walk, doing a mini workout. So moving your body a little bit as a counterpoint to the mental energy that we expend often in doing our work. Uh, other things she suggests for using uh, as good uses of our white time are taking a power nap, automatic writing where we, you just sort of write you know, without stopping and see what comes out, people watching, meditating and playing. So some really good, um, suggestions in there to make use of the white space that it is very important that we intentionally leave in our schedule for the week and for the day. In addition to that scheduling time for self-care, including moving your body, getting enough sleep and meals, if you are going to create an ideal schedule, these should be written in, these should be non-negotiable. But if we don't make time for them, they won't happen. Nobody is going to give us time to take care of ourselves. We really have to be intentional about carving that time out and making it a priority. So we've talked about the importance of scheduling time for our our priority projects that need energy and focus. We've talked about building in white space. And then we also need to schedule in time for self-care. Those things that we need to do to take care of our bodies, our minds, and our spirits, whatever that is for you, making sure that there is time in there even if it's a very small amount of time, I, I mean, I get it. If you're a mom with young kids at home, it's really hard to find that time for just taking care of yourself for, you know, a, a soak in the tub to, to have your own little kind of at home spa night or time to sit with a cup of tea and read a book or to, to do something that res is restorative to you. But honestly, you know, looking back now from a, an age where my kids are all grown and gone and remembering those days when my kids were, were very young and I had, you know, five young kids at home, uh, how important it was to find time, to make time for myself. And I was fortunate in that my husband understood that I needed that. And there were times there, there was a, a, a number of years where I was home full time with our kids and he was working. And I would, there were times when I would call him in the afternoon and say, Hey, 
when you get home, I'm leaving and I'm not going to have dinner cooked. You'll need to figure out something to feed the kids and I'm going to take off. And we didn't have a lot of money back then. And often what I would do would be go sit at the library and just browse through books, uh, that were in, looked interesting to me or, you know, go to the bookstore and, and grab a stack of interesting books and sit in a chair somewhere and thumb through them. But, you know, I didn't necessarily do something that spent money, but I, I needed that time for myself. That was part of my sort of mental health break. And my husband was great about that. He would always, he was always fine with that. He'd come home, he'd plan you know, maybe they just have cereal for dinner, but, but he understood that as soon as he got home, he was going to be on duty with the kids and I was going to take off for an hour or so. And that was something very important to me. And I encourage you, even if you're at that stage of your life where you have young kids or, you know, maybe it's an, uh, uh, elderly family member that you're caring for or anything like that, or maybe you're, it's just a busy time for your business. Nevertheless, it is important that every week we find some time, we make some time to do something that is restorative for ourselves. There are those, as I mentioned already, those kind of regular kinds of self-care, we need to move our bodies, even if it's just to take a walk around the block or go up and down the stairs a few times or something to get our blood pumping. It's important to us physically and mentally and emotionally, getting enough sleep, eating, you know, regular meals, all those things should be part of our schedule and we need to write them down. The next tip I would offer as you create your schedule is to block in time for batch processing certain kinds of things. And I'm talking about things like emails, uh, errands, uh, things like for me, recording podcast episodes, batching similar tasks saves you time uh, in a number of ways. First of all, if whatever these tasks are require a setup. You know, you've got to gather equipment or materials where you need to, you know, get in the car and go somewhere. If you batch similar tasks, you only have to do that once. And if it maybe only takes you 10 minutes to get set up and ready to go, if you do several of these at the same time, you save whatever time would be that 10 minutes multiplied by the number of times you would have had to set up if you did each one of these separately. So for me, you know, I think of errands is kind of a big one because we live outside of town, kind of out in the countryside a little bit. It's only 15 minutes to get into town, but that's 15 minutes each way every time I go to town. So if I'm going to go to town for something, say I've got a dentist appointment or I need to go to the post office, I'm going to batch these things. What else do I need to do in town that I can plan to do all on this same the same run instead of running back and forth 15 minutes each way, several times during the week. So for me, it has always been kind of a goal to, to schedule errands 
whatever they might be all at this on the same trip, so to speak. So if I've got a doctor's appointment, maybe I'm going to stop by my post office box at before or after, and maybe I'm going to stop and pick up a prescription and I'm going to, um, you know, drop off some dry cleaning or pick it up, all those things. I, I try to plan ahead and make that part of the schedule. So that's one way that batching similar tasks saves you time because you only have to set up and clean up once instead of multiple times. The other way it saves you time is you, you have less shifting back and forth between kinds of tasks or kinds of focus. So it's much more efficient if we sort of settle in for a chunk of time focused on one thing or one type of task or project rather than doing this for a little while and then switching over to do this other thing and then switching back every time we shift between tasks or types of focus, we lose some amount of time and some amount of efficiency. Batching allows us to settle into one mode and stay there, which is more efficient and often more effective because we can kind of get into the zone of doing, right now I'm doing email. And so I'm going to, you know, knock out a bunch of emails all at once, or right now I'm cleaning bathrooms. I'm going to get the mop you know, the, the cleaning materials and do all the bathrooms at once, whatever it might be. And, and that translates to both things at home and uh, things at work, whatever your work may be. So as you create your schedule, think about blocks of time for batch processing. And just as we talked about earlier, how, if we can identify those times when we have the most energy and when focus and attention is easier for us and save those times for those high value, important projects, we also can identify those times when maybe we're a little more tired and a little brain dead, so to speak, and say, and use those times for the kind of clerical things. Again, processing emails, um, you know, doing paperwork, any of those sorts of things, but blocking out times. Uh, if, if you know that you kind of lose energy and lose steam a little bit in the afternoon, maybe one afternoon a week is when you're going to set aside to do your, your weekly reports that don't take a lot of, you know, careful thought, but just have to get done. I think you know, you know what I'm talking about here, but including those blocks of time for batch processing, similar types of tasks can be a, a really valuable thing to do in terms of helping make the best use of the time you have available to you. Similarly, I encourage you, and as I'm encouraging myself to establish boundaries for the time sucks. The things that we do that use up time and energy, maybe things that, that need to get done, but aren't necessarily our key productive tasks or things that don't need to get done, but we tend to, you know, we can get sucked into quickly. Decide what those things are for you and how much time you will allow for them. Some of the things that I think about are email, social media, TV watching, uh, our schedule should include the things that need to get done and the things we enjoy doing, but those things that maybe don't add value to our life, maybe we want to establish boundaries around those and say, I'm going to allow myself, you know, one TV show a night, or I'm going to allow myself 10 minutes after lunch 
and after dinner to check social media or whatever those things are for you. Think about what are your time sucks? What are the, the areas where you, the things that come up that you can easily go down a rabbit hole, online shopping or, you know, whatever it might be. Think about what those things are and establish in your schedule boundaries for those. Make allowances for the fact that you, there are things you need to do, like responding to emails or, or things like that or the things that you kind of enjoy doing, but you recognize that they're not really, you know, highly productive tasks that add a lot of value to your life. Make allowances for those things, but just decide this is how much time I will allow for that. And that's all. And then I'm going to move on to something else, to working on that project that I've wanted to work on for ages and never seem to make time for. And uh, kind of tied to this one of establishing boundaries for time sucks, it's very helpful to use timers and alarms. So if you create your schedule on a uh, on an electronic calendar, like in, in a Google Calendar or even the Calendars app on Apple devices. I think pretty much any electronic calendar like that or digital calendar, it will allow you to create more than one, one calendar and you can kind of color code them. So you could use one of those calendars to create your ideal schedule, your kind of template for your week and set alarms for certain things. So one of them might, and and those alarms or timers can be both to remind you to start something and to remind you to stop. So maybe you've allotted 15 minutes in the afternoon to uh, check social media and kind of connect and see what's going on in that world. Well, set a timer for when the next thing after that, when you're supposed to stop that. So at the end of that 15 minutes, a timer in that calendar or a timer on your Apple watch or your other smartwatch or on your smartphone signals you that, okay, that's the end of social media time. Now it's time for me to move on to this next thing. So setting timers and alarms for those key moments, uh, you know, if you've said that at Tuesday at 1030 in the morning, you're going to spend an hour working on the the book you want to write or the project that you have in mind, set an alarm for that so that when that goes off, you know, okay, it's time for me to set aside what I was doing and turn my attention to this project. And using those can be really helpful. I've said for years, uh, you know, I, I do whenever my calendar dings at me, I do whatever it tells me I'm supposed to be doing. And those, those alarms and alerts on my calendar are, are among the few things that I actually have alarms for. And that really helps me remember to move on to the thing that I have thought ahead of time that I want to spend time on. So when you've done all these sorts of things, what I would suggest is to create this master schedule or ideal schedule. If you, you know, if all, all other things being equal, what, what do you want your weekly schedule to look like? That's what we're talking about here. Create that making time for the key projects and making sure there's white space in it and scheduling time for self-care and batch blocking in time for batch processing certain things all, whatever those things are, whatever would make up your ideal week. And yes, I know none, none of us usually has an ideal week, but this is a, 
an exercise in thinking ahead and being sort of intentional. If I could control my week a hundred percent, what would I like it to look like so that I could get all the things done that I both need and want to do? Create that as your master schedule, your ideal schedule, print it out and post it somewhere where it's visible for you as a reminder until it becomes completely habitual. I've actually been working on this and I've created just a very simple sort of weekly uh, blank uh, schedule template. And I'm, I will share that with you. I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode. It'll just be a PDF of a blank schedule uh, you know, week with columns for the days and rows for the hours of the day that you can fill in however it works for you. You can color code it if you want to. Sometimes that's really helpful. So you can kind of see, you know, assign one color to work tasks and one to household tasks and one for personal care, whatever you want to do there. And you can kind of see what the balance looks like. So I will put that link in the show notes uh, that you can download that PDF. In addition to the blank one, I'll also include a, an example that I've kind of created that I've been working on for my own kind of ideal schedule that you can also download to see what I'm talking about. But having it where you can see it and remind yourself when you're in the midst of the week of okay, when I was thinking ahead and really thinking intentionally about this, this is what I had in mind for my week. And so can, how can I get back to this? So create that schedule, print it out, post it somewhere where you can see it until it becomes just habitual and you don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, one thing that can be useful in making sure you're able to get these things done is to share it with key other people in your life. For instance, for the home schedule, maybe get your spouse and your kids, if you have them to buy in, or at least be aware of what you're trying to do. Uh, same thing with the work schedule. Maybe you can't control everything at work. If you're, you know, if you're an employee, you don't necessarily have control over the weekly schedule, but find those things you can control and try to build your schedule around it. Maybe consult with your supervisor about say, you know, I'm trying to carve out time during the week to work on this, these key focus projects that you have for me to do. Is there any chance we could make a part of our group schedule that we only have, we don't have meetings during that time. Uh, that sort of thing can make a big difference. So share it with your colleagues, your, your assistant, if you have one, that sort of thing where, where possible, um, and where it's appropriate so that you get them to buy in a little bit. And then the last thing I would say is be flexible. You know, we, we may spend the time and the energy to, uh, to create this schedule for the week that we think is going to work really well and help us get the things done that are important to us. But life happens, right? We, as I said earlier, we're, we may envision an ideal week and what we would like to do, <laughs> but things happen. A dog gets sick, a child gets sick, uh, an urgent project comes in at work that requires shifting the schedule. So have a backup plan and be prepared to be flexible. That ideal schedule is just aspirational. It is not prescriptive and the world doesn't fall apart if we have to move things around. A schedule that we create 
should serve you, not the other way around. It's not about you, you know, checking every box and doing, uh, following the schedule slavishly, but, um, allow it to serve as a, as a template for your week, a reminder of the things that are important to you and, and an encouragement to incorporate those things into your life. So again, be flexible experiment with it, set up a schedule that you think is going to work, follow it as best you can for a month, and then adjust it as needed to make sure that you're, you're getting the things done that are important to you. And again, that that schedule is serving you rather than you serving it. So those are my thoughts on creating a weekly schedule. It's something I've been working on for myself uh, as a, you know, work from home lawyer, uh, trying to create boundaries around work time and personal time and, and taking care of the home and all the other things that are important to me in the podcast and the mastermind groups and stuff. I, I am finding a little bit of structure can go a long way to making me feel like, okay, time is not just flying by with nothing happening, but I am uh, allocating amounts of time to all the things that are important to me. And I think that it might help you as well. And so I'd love to know what you think about this. Do you have a schedule for your week, either, you know, in your head or written down somewhere? If not, can you create one and see if following it regularly for a couple of weeks could make a difference in how productive you feel? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You can uh, share your ideas or your questions about how this works in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 334. Uh, at, that is also where you will find the link for the, uh, the blank weekly template and an example of a schedule that I'm, you know, that includes things that I'm working on. Uh, you can also post a comment or a question about this on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Facebook group if you're a member there. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts about this with me privately, you can do so by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I do really hope that you found something in it that is helpful to you, that's encouraging to you, that you can put to practice in your life uh, to make your days go a little better. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <laughs>